What's going on out there, Case Catholic Radio family? This is Steve Perry, your host of Case Catholic Radio. I've got to start this episode out with a little bit of a disclaimer. A couple of weeks back, our campus ministry intern, Rebecca Bammert, shout out, introduced me to the term marshmallow to describe a gentle person who wouldn't hurt a fly and couldn't say a bad thing about anyone. That word will factor into this episode. So if you're like me and had no idea what it meant, well, now you do. So as we said yesterday, today our podcast is going to be about a really widespread misconception about God that is often believed not only by non-Christians, but by Christians as well. A lot of us have become convinced by this popular idea that God in the time of the Old Testament was just wrathful, scary, and angry, whereas now God in the New Testament is just a loving, forgiving marshmallow. Today we're going to look into the fact that when you actually read scripture, that narrative totally does not play out. As a bit of a second disclaimer, this was originally just going to be one episode, but as I was putting it together, I realized that there are so many dimensions to this that we needed to stretch it out a bit. So we're actually going to be talking about this for the next three episodes. So if by the end of this episode you feel that it was incomplete or left you wanting more, that's a good thing, because we've got more coming. Now with that said, get ready, because we're just about to dive in to our first Topic Tuesday. We're going to use a passage from the New Testament as kind of the foundation for our discussion here. In the letter of St. James, Scripture tells us that there is no variation or shadow of change in God. That means that God is the same now as he was before he first revealed himself to Abraham. Yet, despite the fact that Scripture tells this to us, a lot of us, by many by no fault of our own, fall into this idea that somewhere between the Old and New Testament, God softened up. A lot. Despite what you might expect, this actually is not a new idea or a modern idea. Variations of this idea have existed for a long time. As a matter of fact, within a century after Christ rose from the dead, there was a group of teachers who cropped up called the Gnostics, whose whole belief system depended on this sort of idea. These guys come on the scene and they looked at Christ, and then they looked at God in the Old Testament and they said, as many people do today, this looks very different. Except they took it even further than a lot of people take it today, teaching that Christ and God the Father are actually different, opposing gods. So starting with this idea that they came up with, they come up with this whole convoluted story about what quote unquote really happened with the universe. The details are different with each teacher, but the main idea in each is that the God who created the material universe, the God of the Old Testament, is either malevolent or just simply incompetent. And so he created a world in which created beings would suffer. So another being from this divine realm that they both came from, who reveals himself as Jesus, comes to save us from this, west, this messed up world that the God of the Old Testament made. The moral of the story is that Jesus came to save us from the Father's world. So they're not the same God. Luckily, this distortion of the faith that Christ left us didn't survive for much of history. There were some awesome saints in that time period who put it down. St. Irenaeus is a really good example of this. He's probably somebody that only a couple of you have ever heard of, because this is really early in Christian history. What St. Irenaeus did was he looked at the connection between God in the Old Testament and Christ from two directions. 
to connect the Old Testament to Christ, he said, look, the prophecies of the Old Testament, like the suffering servant in Isaiah or um, Emmanuel and Jeremiah, who were written, which were written by worshipers of God in the Old Testament, all clearly point to Christ. And then from the opposite direction, trying to connect Christ back to the Old Testament, he points out this, Christ all over the New, the New Testament, all over the Gospels, refers to this same God as his father. So putting these two things together, he argued against the Gnostics that even the simplest person who is open to what the scriptures themselves are saying could recognize that at the very least, these guys are on the same team. And I can't recall whether St. Irenaeus said what follows or not, but it's certainly true. If you genuinely read all of scripture, God as he reveals himself in the Old Testament and God made visible in Christ in the New Testament are not different. They share all of the same traits because they're the same being. In order to show that that's the case, I'm going to read a handful of passages from Scripture. Some of them might be familiar to you, some not. And then I'm going to pause just for a second and let you guess which testament you think they came from. Before we get started, though, I'm going to give you a pretty big hint on how to answer each of these. If you, like so many, have always understood God to be angry in the Old Testament and gentle and loving in the New each of these is going to surprise you. All right, so here's the first one. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons in your name? Did we not do mighty deeds in your name? Then I will declare to them solemnly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoers. Which testament do you think that comes from? If, as I might expect, you think that it comes from the Old because it sounds more Old Testament-y, you'd be surprised that this is actually Jesus himself speaking in the Gospel of Matthew. Let's look at another one. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, for I was hungry and you gave me no food. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Does this sound to you more like something from the Old Testament or more like something from the New? This, again, comes from the Gospel of Matthew and is Jesus himself speaking, speaking about how important good works of mercy are. And not sugarcoating what's at stake. All right, a couple more. For I know well the plans I have for you. Plans for your welfare, not for woe. Plans to give you a future full of hope. When you call me, when you go to pray to me, I will listen to you. When you look for me, you will find me. Now this to me sounds like something that we would expect Jesus to say, right? Not this angry God of the Old Testament, but this comes from the prophet Jeremiah in the Old Testament. Going forward again, we got two more to go. Go outside and stand on the mountain before me. I will be passing by. A strong and heavy wind was rending the mountains and crushing rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire... There was the sound of a tiny whisper, 
When he heard this, he hid his face in his cloak. So this passage is kind of talking about God as being very gentle. God is not being giant, powerful, scary. And this comes from the Old Testament, very early in the Old Testament, actually, the book of Kings. It's a story of another prophet, Elijah, as he encounters God in the tiny whisper versus in the the giant things that Israel might have expected in the Old Testament. We got one more to go. This is actually one of my favorite scripture passages. It's something that really... Uh, came to me at a very important time in my life and really turned my heart to the Lord and helping me to recognize his mercy. The Lord calls you back. For a brief moment, I abandoned you. But with great tenderness, I will take you back. With enduring love, I take pity on you. This is for me like the days of Noah, when I swore that the waters of Noah should never again flood the earth. So I have sworn not to be angry with you, never to rebuke you again. Though the mountains shall leave their place and the hills be shaken, my love shall never leave you, nor my covenant of peace be shaken. As you might have picked up on so far, this is actually not a passage that Jesus says in the New Testament. This is a passage that is said by God in the Old Testament through the prophet Isaiah. Now, I don't want you guys to hear these verses and go totally in reverse and start saying, God in the Old Testament was so nice. Turns out Jesus was a solemn, wrathful one. Because that's not true either. I chose these verses because they challenge the narrative that a lot of us have grown up with, that God changed between the Testaments. The truth is, friends, in both Testaments, God always expresses his love for his people and his desire for them to become a people of love. In both Testaments, he doesn't sugarcoat what's at stake, how important it is for us to become a people of love. And in both Testaments, he assures us of his undying mercy and eternal patience with us, as well as the beautiful and comforting fact that he will always walk with us and teach us to become a people of love. That's all we're going to talk about today, folks. As I said at the beginning, there are more dimensions to this question that we're going to look at over the next couple of days. Tomorrow, what we're going to be talking about is like the other side of the coin of what we talked about today. Namely, the fact that a large percentage of the Old Testament does seem to emphasize the fierceness of God over his fatherliness. And why that is, This is an idea called progressive revelation, which we'll get into tomorrow. I hope everybody has a great Tuesday, and please join us for Newman Night this Thursday. This week we'll be talking about one way of looking at the question of human destiny, specifically by asking, with all the belief systems in the world, why should I be a Christian? And yours truly will be leading the talk this week. We hope you all will join us, and we hope that if you're enjoying the podcast, you'll let folks know about us. Leaving a five-star review wherever you get your podcast is helpful, but at this point, the best thing you can do is spread the word around campus that we're around and that we're doing good work. Till tomorrow, y'all. Remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Peace!